This is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. What does your child want to be when they grow up? This little guy dreams of being a news or traffic reporter. And guess what? His dream came true, and he's only 12 years old. Mm. He lives in New Jersey, and when he heard about a huge traffic jam, he recorded the news story on his phone, submitted it to a local TV station, and they played it on the air. So here is this 12-year-old's TV news reporter right, debut. Hi, I'm Patrick, live from East Chester, and I have an update on the tractor-trailer accident on the Hodge. All the french fries were able to be brought where they're supposed to be, and my teacher, who was in the traffic, managed to get to school on time. And luckily, no one got hurt. Thanks for watching. Good job, Patrick. Ah, yes. French fries all over the highway. Yes. He decides, I got to report on this. Hey, you want your marriage to be closer and stronger, right? Well, coming up, wait till you hear what married couples are doing that they're calling life-changing magic. You want your marriage to be closer and stronger, of course, right? Well, check out what married couples are calling life-changing magic. Okay, what is it? They're swapping romantic date nights for something a little bit more daring. A few hours of skipping work together. They're taking (laughs) advantage of flexible work-from-home schedules to go on day dates while their children are in school. Husbands and wives say it's easier to be spontaneous and they don't have to cost the cost of a sitter. (laughs) Research shows that employees who take breaks earlier in the workday were more helpful to colleagues, felt less emotionally drained, and were more satisfied with their jobs. So your marriage is stronger. You're a better employee. It's a win-win. Now, are they letting their bosses know, hey, I'm skipping out early. Me and the, me and the missus are going to have a date? That I don't know. <laughs> but I know they're go- what they're doing is they're not skipping out altogether. They're going and then they're coming back. And then the challenge is they, a lot of the couples will have commitments. Like we're not talking about our to-do list on this date. Hmm. But then in order to make it happen, a lot of times they're having to respond to texts and email during the date. Uh, got it. Taylor was talking just a second ago about how couples are, they're going on dates. Like husband and wife, they're meeting up for lunch. Middle of the day to try to get some time together. I loved it. Free babysitting. Yeah, the kids are at school. (laughs) So maybe that's not you, but how do you and your other half carve out time just for the two of you? Is it lunchtime? Is it Friday night? The in-laws watch the kids and you're good to go? How do you do it? So we're talking about what do you and your better half do just to get a little bit of time away. I can remember um, Tracy and I, when our kids were little, there were a few times you watched our kids for us. Yeah. So we could go out on that a date night. That was an adventure. <laughs> Especially the time when um, you had you were you guys had rented a hotel room because you had just moved here. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. we had four kids, me and Glenn, and... I two think dogs. It was two dogs. Riley and Rusty. And one of, mm-hmm. a, one of them... Um, yeah, went on the carpet, and it was number two. So. You're talking about the dogs, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we changed many diapers. When you that have day four too. kids, anything can happen. Yeah. So, uh, oh, we're talking about what do you, what do you do? We were fortunate when the kids were little too that uh, around the corner from us uh, was a um, a mom and her daughter who my wife made friends with, CJ, and they're still friends to this day. And CJ, for some reason, only charged us like. I don't know, five bucks an hour to watch the kids. I mean, it was even for back then, Mm -hmm. you know, it it was not a lot of money. I mean, we'd still have to budget it in and go like, okay, babysitter is going to cost this much. Uh, Okay, we can go out.
Um, but that's how we managed to do it. We just had a, I don't know, maybe she looked at it as a ministry. Like, I'm only going to charge them $5 an hour. <laughs> they need so they, help. They, they need they, date right? nights. <laughs> They've got four kids. We see their kids running around the yeah. neighborhood. They need some time away. My but parents were we so good it. about it. They took every Friday night was their date night. And they were fortunate enough to have older daughters to watch right. the younger daughters. Right. And we would stay home, make homemade pizza, and they would go out for fish because none of us girls liked fish mm-hmm. back then. Now I love it. So, um, and so they were always making it a priority. So how do you manage to make it happen? How do you get that precious time away? Or are you struggling with it right now? Is it something that you're just like, I would love to have just one night to go out, just me and my better half, and, and just it doesn't even matter where. We can go to Waffle House. Just let us sit and talk for an hour. Maybe it's a dream, but how do you make it happen? So I have a question for you about, or we're talking about how do you get to go out on a date night with the kids and stuff? What's your plan? Do the, the in-laws come and watch, or do you pay a babysitter? You had said that your older sisters were old enough to watch you, the younger girls, right? Mm-hmm. Did mom and dad, and I don't want to start any fights in carpool line, but did mom and dad pay your older sisters to watch you guys? No. Ooh. No it way. Was, it was just and a freebie. And I think the oldest one has a little bit of bitter- bitterness about that. Really? Oh, yeah. Because, like, <laughs> she, here she is. When the twins were born, she was a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. And she had gotten some new um, roller skates and could not wait to try them on and try them out. And yeah. I guess the 10-year-old was in charge. I was only five, so I wasn't much help. And one of the twins got hurt. And then she was in trouble with mom and dad. And she, I think she feels oh, like so that the, was a lot on her. The twelve-year-old went roller skating, left the ten-year-old home in charge, mm-hmm. and bad things happened while she was out roller skating in the driveway. Got but yeah, but she still, was she was supposed to be mm-hmm. keeping an eye. And okay, yeah. gotcha. And she's still bitter about that. Um, I think it's a, it's influenced her life. She mentioned it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it's still coming up. <laughs> I could have been a professional roller skater if I had just been able to apply myself, and you ruined it for me. That day. But yeah, the <laughs> oldest, they often the have to grow up fast when mom puts, you know, mom and dad put them in charge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Well, it's the Kevin Lehman, the birth order book, right? He yeah. talks all about that. I was that lucky five-year-old just kind of in the middle doing my thing. <laughs> <laughs> mom would help me. She would get me to help hold the bottles when she wasn't nursing. Yeah. So that was like one of my big jobs. Yeah. She would put them on pillows right next to me and I would kneel in between them and hold their bottles for them. Any, uh, any resentment about that? Are you good? No, I thought it was kind of fun at the point. Okay. I was only five. Right. so. Well, you said there's roller skating resentment. I didn't know if there was uh, had to feed the kids when I'd, I'd rather be outside riding my big wheel. Resentment. But I will tell you this on Friday nights as they were, you know, when, when it's more like 17, 15, you know, mm-hmm. on down. There were definitely some fights <laughs> when mom and dad weren't home. Did they know about these fights? Uh, I think they suspected. <laughs> but they didn't care. They just wanted to get out. As long as they needed it, their day night. As long as there's no ER visit, we're fine. <laughs> Even if you're a morning person, you're not immune to the most stressful time of the day, according to new research. It is... 7.23 a.m. <laughs> Why is that the most stressful time? That's when it hits you that you may have not have slept great the night before or that you're facing an exceptionally busy day at work. 24% of us admit that overthinking everyday issues impacts our sleep and 22% of, it, of us find it emotionally draining. So what helps you deal with the most stressful time of the day? Top things people say improve their moods. A walk, 
Hmm. listening to music and alone time. So I say, go for a walk alone and listen to the Kevin and Taylor show. That's it. Then you'll live a stress-free life. Right. Won't that be It's nice? the formula. <laughs> right. Coming up, who do you feel is better at saving money, men or women? Who do you feel is better at saving money, men or women? <laughs> According to a new survey where people ranked themselves, mm-hmm. men are more likely than women to rate their money-saving abilities as higher than average. Hmm. The average person started saving money at around 24 years old and learned how to best manage their finances from their mom and dad when they were kids. Hmm. Now, if there's one thing that people would change about their finances, they would say they wish they had started saving earlier. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It took me a while to figure out, like, if we still had checks left, that meant we had money. (laughs) Whoops. (laughs) How could we possibly be be out of money? We still have checks left. (laughs) I wonder how many people listening are like, what's a check? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) So I know everyone listening right now is an excellent driver. We're all excellent drivers. (laughs) Everyone. I, I know it. I know it. But you have someone in your life that when I say this next phrase, you're going to go, oh, it's blank. We want you to call us and tell us about that person. What person do you wish Jesus would take the wheel from? (laughs) (laughs) There's got to be somebody. All right. Give us a call. Ronnie, we're talking about who is it in your life that uh, you wish Jesus would just take the wheel because they're a kind of a hazardous driver. Who is it? My husband. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Tell us about his driving. Well, you drive down the road, and he sees car lots and everything, and he looks that way, and the steering wheel goes that way, too. So he's easily distracted. You're probably like, I'll drive. I got it, babe. <laughs> right, exactly. And does he get offended when you when you do that? Oh, yeah. He's just like, what? what? There's nothing wrong with the way I drive. I'm like, uh, <laughs> we're off the road. <laughs> Yeah. So who in your life does Jesus need to take the wheel? <laughs> Give us a call. So we're talking about people in our lives that uh, that we do wish Jesus would take the wheel from because they're just not great, great drivers. A um, couple of people came to m- mind for me. Uh, you think when, when people get older, right, you just wish that they would like not their ego would get out of the way and they would stop driving when they get to be, you know, older and, the, and it's affecting their driving. Someone that that has not affected in any way. It's my dad. My mom, too. That's my dad so cool. is uh, 86 years mm-hmm. old, and he drives the big Ford F-150. Wow. And I watched that man parallel park that thing in downtown Baltimore in a parking spot that probably was only had about two inches from the bumper and the fender to fit in, and, and he did it. No I'm scraping not, tires or anything. No, and huh? I'm talking, That's awesome. he does not. He's offended at the thought of parking assist. It's like, pfft. I don't need a car to help me park. I got this. So he's he's great at that. Uh, on the flip side of that, somebody in my life that my wife wishes Jesus would take the wheel would, would be me. She does not. Too fast. She is an incredibly, she's defensive. She's passively defensive driver. She is that person like going two miles an hour under the speed limit. Oh, that, really? That drives us all nuts. Yes. Oh, man. And I'm the exact opposite. That's tough. So when we're in the car together, she's working the imaginary brake like crazy. Ah. Uh. Mm-hmm. What about you? What? Let, let's be fair. Who would Glenn say Jesus should take the wheel? Uh, hmm. 
His niece. His niece? <laughs> she's the new seems driver. Seems like she's... Oh, no. She's been driving a while. It just seems like <laughs> oh, no, she's... Oh, She's been wreaking havoc for a while now. had some incidences. <laughs> yes. And she insisted on buying a used car that is very expensive to repair. Mm. Yeah. So. That's a lot of times folks will buy the higher end, like, I don't know, like fancy German sports cars, forgetting, like... Oh, an oil change is $150. Right. Didn't know that on the front end. Yeah. Hey, has your other half done anything thoughtful lately to make your life easier? A dad-to-be in Dallas wanted to help his pregnant wife sleep better. Uh, She likes sleeping on her stomach, but couldn't for obvious reasons. So he bought a memory foam mattress topper, cut a big hole in it for her belly, and put it on top of their bed. This is a mattress topper. I just cut a hole in it, that way she can lay down. Feel comfy? Yeah, thank you for this. People online were so impressed, he made Mm -hmm. it into a TikTok. He's now patented the idea, and he's accepting pre-orders on eBay. (laughs) He got a patent for it. All he did was cut a hole in a mattress cover. And uh, everyone says he should go on Shark Tank next. Well, it sounds like he might not need Shark Tank, right? (laughs) It sounds like he's already doing great. Man, all it takes is that one idea, yeah. and you're off to the races. This is probably going to transform their lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just so pregnant women can sleep comfortably on their bellies. That's a great story. The hubby sees his wife, who's pregnant, struggling because she likes to sleep on her belly, but couldn't. So what? he cut a hole in a mattress topper, and, and now he's off to untold riches. People want to buy them from him. Great idea. But here's what I'm wondering. When you were pregnant... What was it that gave you problems? Something you were used to doing, like that lady sleeping on her tummy. What was something you had trouble doing because you were pregnant and it really, really frustrated you? And what was your workaround? Did you figure something out to to make it work? Hey, Jamalee, I'm so glad you called because we're talking about those discomforts that come with pregnancy and you're in the throes of it right now? (laughs) Yes, I'm 36 weeks pregnant. (laughs) Oh, wow. I'm ready. (laughs) I bet. So what is it that you're struggling with? Everything, but uh, as far as right now, it's been I can't bend down. I can't, like, wash or shave my legs. So my husband has to actually maneuver me in the tub and, like, shave my legs for me. Aww. What a guy. He's helping me with, like, the hospital bags, and um, he's the one that's nesting. Like, I tell everybody, <laughs> I'm not the one that's pregnant. He is. He's the one, he's, he's the one that's, like, uh, craving all the weird foods and nesting and making ideas up. Like, got to get everything ready. Aww. He's been so wonderful. That's adorable. I take it this is your first pregnancy, your first baby? Really, no, this is actually my third boy. Oh, he's still <laughs> nesting and craving. and <laughs> yes, awesome. The funny thing is, is that I told my husband, I'm like, this is the last one. Like, I've had enough, like, problems with this one. The other two are my trick babies. This one, he has, like, tricked me into thinking that this is going to be a great pregnancy. I was going to be great, nice and healthy. No. well hang in there it sounds like you've got all the support you need with your hubby i do he's been so amazing i I thank god for him i tell everybody that god sent him to me because he's my blessing oh that's great that's great thanks for calling we'll talk to you later take care okay so you've heard of parents that are kind of helicopter-ish and they'll like do their kids homework Mm -hmm. they'll do the science project i heard Mm -hmm. the best story of that script getting flipped 
where the kid was doing mom's homework. <laughs> I can't wait to tell you this story. It's in my own family next. So I don't know about you, but there's some of my relatives because my family is so ginormous that I haven't seen in years and years and years and years. And mm-hmm. the other day, I got to see my cousin Tim and his wife Allison and their son Ryan. And okay. it was just like, whoa, this is like a family reunion Any or something. Any idea the first time um, in how many years? Do you know? Oh, like pfft. over a decade? Oh, at least. Yeah, okay. Maybe longer so than that. Long time, yeah. And so I was asking my cousin Tim, I'm like, um, his mom is in heaven, my Aunt Jean, and she was one of a kind. Mm. So I started asking him, like, as little as they had three boys, as little boys, did you know how unique your mom was, how different? And he's like, yeah, we had an inkling, like she dressed all the men in the family. We were always dressed to the nines and mm. stuff like that. And then um, his wife, Allison, started chiming in and said, Aunt Jean, or she, I call her Aunt Jean, she called her Jean or mm-hmm. mom. She had a way of getting people to do things for her and make you think it was your idea. (laughs) And she proceeds to tell us that she was a member of a book club Mm -hmm. and she made her son, Tim, write all the book reviews. So he had to sit there and read all these girly books, (laughs) these romance (laughs) novels and stuff, and then write the... And I was like, how old were you when you had to do this? Like, were you like a a little kid? Were you like middle school? And he goes, well... It lasted well into our marriage until I finally got sick of it and said enough. (laughs) I was teasing him so bad. I'm like, you had to write book reviews for your mommy as a young married man? I wonder if his wife actually liked it because did those books inspire him to be more romantic? Oh, I didn't think to ask that. You know what I mean? I got to call Allison. I have her email address. There's two ways she could have gone. A, frustrated that my husband is still under mom's oppressive thumb so much that he's doing this. Or she could have gone, I could work this to my benefit. Right? If she played the game above the game. If she was playing chess, not checkers. It was the funniest story I've ever heard. (laughs) Allison said, like, she'd go, she'd get to her house and Jean would go, Allison, I know you like wrapping gifts. How about you wrap these gifts for my friends for Christmas? You wrap so beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you know, I've got a good one of what something my mom made me do well into my teenage years that was just like, um, come on, talk about it next. She were talking about your your Aunt Jean and what a big personality she was. I had an Aunt Jean who was a big personality, too. Maybe there's something about that name. Yeah. Right? That that name means you're going to have a fun aunt. But um, anyhow, uh, you're also saying how she had her son writing book reports for her book club, like, yep, well into reviews. his 20s. Yeah. Even after he got married, she'd send him these books to do book reviews for her. Yeah. As if, as if she was doing. My mom made me do something for her until my late teens. Um now that she's passed away, I think I can say this. A lot of people don't know it. Um, my mom was not a natural blonde. If you've ever seen shocking, if you've ever seen pictures of my mom, <laughs> she was platinum blonde. I mean, she was like Dolly Parton blonde, right? So uh, it was not real, and she didn't want to spend a lot of money at a salon. So my aunt, my aunt Bernie, who we all called Chutch. Chuch would do her hair like once a month or every month and a half. We would go to her house and she would dye my mom's hair. And she used this stuff that when she put the chemical on her head, it burned. And she would make me stand there with like a magazine and fan her 
for like, <laughs> it seemed like an hour. It was probably only about five minutes till that sensation went away. But I'm like, I'm like 13, 14 years old, you know, on a Friday night, all my friends are out and I'm standing there fanning my mom's head. I'm like, helping ladies do oh. hair. That explains <laughs> right. a lot about your personality. Right. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> Why you love Project Runway and fashion. And... <laughs> right. <laughs> That's you cut your teeth as a 13-year-old. Monday morning, all my friends are like, hey, did you go to the football game on Friday night? No. Fan my mom's. <laughs> I fan the bleach off my mom's head. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like, what? who does that? My mom. My mom would make someone do that. Hey, do your kids help you with your phone or computer? They asked parents, at what age do you feel like your kids become more tech savvy than you are? Birth. You want to take a guess? <laughs> the, the, what did most parents say in the uh, survey? 10. 12. Mm. Close to 50% of moms and dads of kids 18 and under admit their child knows more than them when it comes to digital technology. Totally does. I mean, my... My kids are so much further, and, and and my son, he tries to be patient with us, <laughs> but not. You not know what I started so thinking about when I was working on this for the show? What? Um, I don't think parents can ask their kids for help with the remote anymore. Kids don't use TVs; they don't right. watch TV. Yeah, they don't. I don't know how to. I I get so confused with our Apple remote because I never touch it. Yeah, it's always my husband who's holding the remote, and so when I do finally I'm have in, to find a show, I'm impressed you just have one remote. Uh, there's one to turn the TV on, and then there's the Apple TV Plus remote. We have four. Whoa! Four. One of them we rarely use because it's attached to the Blu-ray DVD player thing. Oh, you um, still have a DVD player? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, but, so yeah, cool. there's there's three to operate. There's one for the smart TV, I guess, one for the satellite TV, and uh, one to turn everything on. So. so, bottom line, there's only a few people in your house that know how to turn it on right. and watch TV. Exactly. <laughs> Do you feel like your life is full of everyday dramas coming up? The ones we experience the most often. <laughs> hey, do you feel like your life is full of everyday drama? They ask people. <laughs> kidding? I have four what, kids. What drama? That's, that's they, all we do is drama. <laughs> they ask people what drama they experience the most. So, uh, Kev, yours is definitely kids. Oh, is that what you have to say? It's especially the girl. We have four kids. It's one boy and three girls. It's girl drama. Yeah, like it would take seven Kyles to equal one girl when it comes to the drama category. My everyday drama would definitely be bumping into walls. I don't know what it is. I I, I just invent new ways to injure myself every day. Uh, so here's what most people said. These made the top 10 being late for work, tripping mm. or stumbling and falling in public, okay. burning food when you're cooking, waking up late. Breaking something fragile, spilling something on your clothes like food or coffee or toothpaste, and coming in at the number one everyday, everyday drama, getting stuck in traffic. Hmm. You know what? A, a lot of the drama, it sounds like, could be solved if we adjusted our expectations. Let's talk about that. And wrapped ourselves in bubble wrap. And wrapped ourselves in bubble wrap. But if we adjusted our expectations, it sounds like a lot on that list could be like put in its proper place, maybe reframed. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Maybe help you with your drama. So uh, Taylor just had a pretty, a pretty comprehensive list of what's causing us drama in our everyday lives. And as I was listening to it, I thought, you know, we could reframe that and maybe help a lot of people, uh, maybe ease the drama, ease the stress in their lives. We'll talk about how next.
So daily drama, it's impossible to avoid, right? You might, you might be experiencing some right now, but the list that you shared with us, Taylor, a lot of it is just the stuff of daily life, like things going wrong or whatever. I know I can wind up getting upset when, when things go wrong. And I'm just like, like uh, the other day, um, I went to put some stuff on our, our staircase. There's a little, I don't know, like a corner on the railing and we'll put stuff there that, to take upstairs. Like my wife will put her purse there. I'll put like, a, if I take a sweater off, and I'll put the sweater there. We just put stuff there. So I put something there and there were, um, our dogs are greyhounds. So they have muzzles for when we let them outside to run. There were three muzzles there. So the muzzles fell off. They fell off behind a chair. So I go to pick them up behind the chair. My head hits a lamp. Lamp starts falling over. I'm like, <laughs> what next? I think we can all relate. Right, right. So that <laughs> yeah. causes you a little bit of stress, a little bit of yeah. drama. But I, I heard a... You know what a TED Talk is? Yeah. I watched one on a flight one time. I was just scrolling through watching anything. And the guy um, gave a talk about how reliant on systems we are in our lives. And our expectation in life is that 100% of the systems that we rely on, everything from your alarm clock going off to the traffic signals working right, your car starting, just think of all the systems in your life, just, just to get to work every day, Right. Our expectation is that 100% of them will work 100% correctly 100% of the time. And he's like, that is a statistical impossibility, yet that's how we go through life, expecting everything to work that way, and we know it's not going to. So if you can remember that, it makes those little things in life that go wrong almost laughable, Mm -hmm. like knocking the things off of the stairs and bumping into the lamp as I go to pick the things up. I mean, it becomes kind of funny right. when, you th- when you reframe it that way. Because there's there's a lot of things, I've said this to my my kids a million times, they'll, they'll be losing it over some small drama. And I'll go, you know what, there are a lot of things in life to get upset about, and this is not one of yeah. them. <laughs> so if you can reframe the little stuff, keep the little stuff little, I think it'll reduce the drama a ton. And I just say that from experience. So we're talking about stress and the little dramas that come up in life. Taylor, I'm going to give you a scenario. I just saw a video on the socials of its three little kids. Okay. And grandma was left in charge with the three little kids. And she's videoing. And the kids have, they have long, luxurious, like dark brown, black hair. Yeah. Except... For obviously, someone took a razor, like this little girl had long shoulder length hair, razor right down the middle of her head. No! Like about four <laughs> about four inches wide. Oh. All, all of the kids had shaved like a landing strip <laughs> on their heads. And they probably had family photos the next day. <laughs> probably, but the bottom line is it was grandma watching the kids. She was in charge and... Daughter's going to come home to that. Oh, man. Aunt Taylor, 11 nieces and nephews, if you were left in charge of the kids and one of your sisters came home to that. Oh, I'd be mortified. Yeah? Would there be tears involved? Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'd ever be allowed to hang with the kids again. And the question I have for mom and grandma is, in that scenario, what do you do? With the boy, you shave it all off. Shave it, right. With the little girl? Do you shave it all off or do you let it grow out like unevenly and do a comb over <laughs> Well, our last, with lots of hairspray? Our current president and our, our former president 
both have done miraculous things with comb overs. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they could reach Maybe out. Maybe that's what Grandma started working on right away before the daughter even got home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Your little boy begged me incessantly for a buzz cut, so, so I gave him yeah. one. But the little girl has a new style. It's a, it's off to the side. Isn't it's it a, elegant? It's a comb over. <laughs> All right. I guess maybe you put a hat on the kid for a while until it starts growing out.